It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. You're listening to Crunch Time. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. 45 out, no angle to speak of. Jeremy Cameron for the Cats first, that's good. Cameron on the move, opens it up and hooks the kick through for his second. Ruthless down the ground play from Geelong and it gets the maximum results. Loose ball, Cameron off the ground this time. He's kicking them from everywhere and in every way. As dangerous as they come at the moment, that's three in the first quarter. 60 for a goal, Cameron leads up to the footy and he's got it. He looked like he was going to have the night of his life when he kicked three in the first quarter. Hasn't added to that. But here and now, he can kick a vital shot. He's nursed it. He's got it. Four goals from an animated Jeremy Cameron. He has four to his name. He was the star of the first quarter. And in the final term, he stepped forward not once, but twice to make it five goals on the night. Stingle one way, Richards the other, Richards a two grabber, taken in the tackle by Cameron, holding the ball. The decisive player to provide the deciding moment from 48 metres out. Cameron kicks his sixth and the Cats will make landfall. It was a really good win against uh, a very good opposition who outplayed us for big parts of the night. So obviously getting off to a good start um, and getting a bit of a buffer there was very helpful. We were really going into this game with one key defender. And it was going to be a great battle no matter what against Norton and DeConning. We were always going to go that way. But then when we lost our best player at quarter time, it looked like um, being a real challenge for that back half. For big parts of the game, it felt to us in the coach's box as if we'd lost control. So it was a stressful night. A Friday night told through the deeds of Jeremy Cameron. A barnstorming start and a nerve-settling finish sees the Cats prevail, enhancing their claims to a top four finish. Obviously, they were pretty good in in the clinches early, and uh, yeah, we took a backward step from what we'd been producing in that early part of the game. Obviously, really proud of the boys after that. You know the way that they dug in and, and played some pretty good footy without capitalising. So uh, I don't think we ran out of energy. Yeah, I don't think we ran out of juice in the comeback. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll learn uh, a pretty harsh lesson from that first quarter. Winners are grinners and we're not grinning tonight. Familiar fault lines in a Western Bulldogs failing. Stuck in the ruck, heading to the bye. And their brightest young star faces suspension for an ill-disciplined act. I don't think Ben feels threatened by by this process. I think they should see it as actually a a potential positive to help them to do their jobs even better than what they're doing now. And there'll be a time where I get tapped on the shoulder and I'll be told I'm not the right person for the job. But I'm so up for it at the moment. Like, I I cannot wait to get better and get on with it. Yeah, I think that conversation makes sense to start. It wasn't just about results for Brett, it was always about the process. And so we'll kick that conversation off um, now. I'd love to see at some stage mid-season trading come in. I think it adds to the challenge of this management The push for a mid-season trade window gains traction, the terms of reference for the Essendon review, and an increasing sense of stability in the coaches' markets. It's all up for discussion on the Round 12 edition of Crunch Time.
Round 12 begins with Geelong 13 point winners over the Western Bulldogs. We sit in crunch time to dissect all of that and what comes next. Jared Waitley with you. David King, the dogs couldn't get past the gatekeeper. <laughs> Morning, guys. Morning, everyone. Look, they couldn't and they should have. I mean, with all the uh, the issues the Cats had down back from, what what would you call it, the 20-minute mark onwards or whatever, whenever it was, it seemed very early in the game. And they got their run on the dogs and you thought, here they come. This this is their opportunity. Got a vulnerable uh, Cats line-up. You've got, a, you've got a stacked midfield. You've got run of game. And for whatever reason, it just wilted. We, we've been here before. We've talked about this a lot. Their forward line... If they don't do it at ground level in their forward line, they don't do it at all. And th that's a problem. Kane Corns is with you today on Crunch Time. Hello to you, Kane. Sure, if there's all sorts of technical issues going on in here where I'm sitting at the moment, so there's echoes and noises and everything coming from everywhere. So, um, yeah, good morning to you. It's good to be here. What's your overriding thought out of last night? I just thought that was so sloppy. I just thought um, that the start of the game um, was was a massive issue for them. There's so many mistakes that they made. They allowed Geelong to play on their terms. And, and in the end, you can see seven first quarter goals. That was the game. So I'm not sure what the excuse was for them to start so poorly last night. And Sam Edmund rounds out our quartet. Hello to you, Sam. Good morning, gents. Don't normally start glass half empty, but I'm worried for the dogs. I'm worried for crowds. 34,000 pro Bulldogs. We shouldn't be happy with that. And can I just say again... 7.50 starts should be tried in the Supreme Court. Disgraceful. <laughs> Disgraceful. Can we do something, please, Jared? The next, the next TV rights. Hey, oh. if, you, if you were on the beat for boxing this morning, it's going to be a tense two hours because George Cambosis hasn't made the wait. You and might have 50,000 people heading to the fight tomorrow. There's no guarantee the champ is there. What's he over by? 0.36 of a pound. pound. Well, it's not a lot, but you've only got... How long has he got to Two hours. It? Two hours in the sweat box, in the sauna. Maybe he put declare the ear... it, Jared. Declare it. Can't win now. <laughs> put the earbuds in, listen to crunch time, run around the sauna for two hours. <laughs> it's about the preparation. If you, if you haven't timed your runs, you can't win. I want you to call it off the top tomorrow. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you go to air, can't win Cambosis. Um, Jeremy Cameron's presence last night, absolutely profound. It must be one of the best individual games of the season. Love watching him play. And I know he does it differently. And the fact that he's six foot six and runs like a gazelle, some people want him to play a key position. That's not how he plays. How he plays is what you saw last night. Get up the ground, play like a half forward flanker. It's a little bit different. It's like, like watching Adam Goods play. They can play in the ruck, but they do it differently. They can play on a wing, but they do it differently. He will be an absolute steal. I know he cost th three first-round picks that went up to GWS and they got two second-rounders back. So, in, in effect, they cancel out some of that, that damage. This guy's a steal. If you look at any trade done in the last that's cost minimum first round in the last five, six years, this will be the biggest bargain of all of them. Yeah, closely followed by probably Dion Prestia. And then you can, you can take your pick after that. What he does changes games. Everyone talks about that he kicks four goals in a win and one goal a loss. When he kicks four, you just win. That's what that means. There's no negative there. Oh, I think he's a unique player and the Cats are going to enjoy the spoils of this for a long time. Kane? Uh, I love watching him play. Oh, he's just one of the great athletes. So 11 score involvements last night. He kicked six. Um, yeah, they gave up a lot to get him. And that's what you admire about Geelong, that they have found a way to still be relevant. They, they're, they're locked. They're locked for top four. I said this last week. They've still got 
uh, north, I think, twice, or in fact, it's West Coast twice, then north, and they just finish top four, and largely on the back of what Hawkins and Cameron do. If one doesn't get you, the other does. And I just, the way that they're starting to piece together the forward line. I mean, Stengel now, Kingy, we've spoken about him throughout the year, and I know you said he's in your All-Australian team during the week, and um, it wasn't a massive night for him last night, but Rowan adds a, something different, and he looks a hungrier Gary Rowan, albeit he's never been a high-possession player. And then Dangerfield comes back in to give you that point of difference when he's hopefully fit and fresh. So all of a sudden, they've somehow piece together a forward line that's um, it's going to be the envy of the rest of the competition. It's, it's probably the forward line you would take out of anyone in the game because of Hawkins and Cameron largely, but the way that they've been able to piece the puzzle around those two uh, superstars. So Cameron went through the 500, game thresh, uh, 500 goal threshold last night, mm. uh, and he pro- I don't think he's ever played better footy than he than he has right now. He had one All-Australian yeah, year. He had a big year where he kicked 60-plus. Yeah, it was a different plus, style of game plus. that he was playing that year. Uh, um, yeah, probably because he was the focal target. But the Giants orchestrated their whole game around him. Remember, they played that tsunami style so he could get out the back mm. at speed. It wasn't the traditional full forward. It was a, a running back style full forward. 76 goals, 50 it was in 2019. Yeah, for it's go. a lot of shots on goal. It's a huge year, isn't it? It's a huge he, year. He kicked uh, 62 in 2013 and they won one game. Well, that, 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 that's tough to beat. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but this, this team's not having to set up for Jeremy. That's the difference. He just yeah. comes in and he just plays his role and he's already slotted, what's he slotted, 38 goals or something? 39 uh, 38, goals? 38. 38. I mean, that, that's just... that's. Wild cards you don't get. So this is what I talk about. What's the cost of a win? What's what's it actually worth? So people talk about trading draft picks and salary cap and all this. So at the end of the day, you spend your ten or eleven million, whatever the salary cap is, and you've got your stack your list. This guy is a game changer. They're all the Geelong Football Club are teeing up to beat the top two or three in the comp. They're teeing up to beat Brisbane if they have to go to Brisbane and Melbourne at the MCG. This lineup with this power forward of centre gives them that opportunity so why what what about the Western Bulldogs and I know we'll get on to them but their their lineup is stacked as well I mean what what a disappointment they've been this year I mean in terms of teams that have been disappointed we've spoken a lot about Essendon and, and others this year but they played in a grand final last year they're they're almost winning a grand final at half time and and their performance this year has just been uh, perplexing, really. I mean, they lost to Adelaide a few weeks ago, and their wins haven't come against the the real high quality teams. Look at their lineup last night. They probably had what would they have had six or seven out of the best, you know, ten on the ground in terms of talent that they're stacked with, particularly through the midfield. So, what what is it about the Bulldog King? Why why are they performing so inconsistently with the players that they've got and the talent at their disposal? Well. I watched the game closely last night. I went back and watched that first quarter again. They, they just allow you so many easy possessions and they have so many defensive breakdowns. Now those breakdowns can be at centre bounce. We saw it in the grand final last year where you, mm. the Demons ended up goal side and gone. And I reckon Geelong made a focus of hitting it forward last night, getting the momentum going the Geelong way. And they stepped out the front regularly early, first three or four centre bounces. And then if you have a look at how Cameron got his goals... Alice Keith decides to leave him twice. And you go, well, why are you leaving him? He's charging down the wing line. It's, Geelong have got control of the ball. And all of a sudden, he's unopposed inside forward 50. 
And you say, how, how can you break down so badly? The Mitch Duncan chip across all alone, 30 metres from goal, standing in the hottest property in, in, in Marvel Stadium, 30 metres from goal in the corridor, four, four dogs defenders 20 metres to the right. And you say, not one of you turn your head. Not one have a look and say, hey, he's yours, Sam, go and get him. Jared, cover, cover. No, no one has the defensive organisation in them to look after the team. That's a problem. I don't care where you are on the, on the ladder. If you're top of the table and that's a problem, you ain't winning it. So you've you got to get that sorted before you start. Are they in danger of missing the eight? When you have a look at it, so they've got the bye, then they've got GWS and Hawthorne after that. They're six and six, but then a crucial month. Brisbane away, Sydney away, St Kilda back here, Melbourne back here. Then they've got Geelong again at GMHBA Stadium and Fremantle at, at Marble. So that is as tricky six-week stretch as you're likely to find. And if they slip up against one or both of GWS and Hawthorne, then they're really going to struggle to make it. There aren't their trouble is the way they're playing, and I was so disappointed with them last night. Is they're not mm. guaranteed. They've got this weird draw where they've got Hawthorne mm. twice and the Giants twice, and now Geelong they had twice. Um, they're not certain to bank those four games against Hawthorne and the Giants before you even start the rest. Now, what, what theory are you running on them, Kane? Well, I think he's. I think Luke Beveridge has had a poor year. I think he's had a really poor year. Um, I, and it started early, didn't it? And what started in, in the off-season, there's some grumbles from, from their players and it, it, it didn't feel like a, a unified group to me. Then um, the embarrassing situation a couple of times at his media conferences, which I, I just don't get and I, I'm not sure where his headspace is, is at. Uh, to go in with just English last night, to drop, to drop sweet, English preparation hasn't been great. I know it was, it was terrific last week, but short break and... Preparation wasn't great, so you've got Karmas in the ruck. Um, to, to, I can't understand. Like I've got a lot of clips out of the first, you know, 15 minutes last night, allowing kicking goals. Um, you got the Williams miss spoil, Bailey Dale trying to ping one through the middle of the ground when they're three goals down, turnover, a couple of handball receives, one to Duncan and one to close. You know, just easy shots on goal. So their players aren't switched on. So I just think it's a big story. The, the teams that they've beaten this year, yep, Sydney was a great win in round three, but they've beaten North, they've beaten Essendon, they've beaten Collingwood, and they've beaten the Gold Coast Suns. So I thought it was a big night for them. I thought it was a big night for both teams, and I, I just look, I'd love to have their list. I know there's some um, deficiencies at the bookends, I, I get that, but I would love to have the talent that they've got on their list that other teams don't. So only in the if middle, you are only in the middle, yeah, and half back Kingy, like their their half backs are elite. They got a couple of Australians back there. So and they got they got ten midfielders, um, and and one of the game's best ruckmen. So yeah, and 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 one of the game's best young key forwards. Is the injury so I'm list, not sure it's just in the middle. Is the injury list a factor? Not an excuse, but a reason. And and again, they're not on their own. But they've had Keith miss six weeks. English has missed some footy. We know Josh Bruce can't get back in there. Tobin McLean's been out. Steph Martin's. But Lockie Hunter's uh, indefinite leave, of course. Latham Vandam is back. So they've had. They haven't had a clean run at it by any stretch of the Who imagination. Has? No, yeah. exactly. They're not on mm. their own, but I'm just saying in the in the first part of the season, it probably wasn't as recognised at the Dogs as it has been at other clubs like Carlton and so, Essendon. And so. I'll, I'll go where I've been for years, right? And I get smashed for this opinion. I know Aaron Norton does it up forward, and it's amazing to watch him when he when he crumbs and kicks. He's not a, He's 10th in the competition for marks inside 50, and he's 4th in the competition for ground balls. Right? To me, that's not your key forward. And, and I'll, I'll get bashed for this. I'm happy to. Aaron Norton at centre-half back would be a phenomenon with Alex Keith behind him. You, you get a rigid full-back, you get a rigid centre-half back, and you've got those half-back flankers you talked about, Kane. You can build from the back 
through the midfield, and you can make do with your forward line. I think Melbourne don't prioritise their offence. They prioritise winning contest and defending. If you can get that right, and you've at least got two parts or two components of the field correct and sorted, right now they've got Norton up forward, and if he has a bad night or an off night, you get not much from him. You get a goal last night. You lose every time it goes forward for the Cats. They lost the Dogs. So they're losing at both ends, and they've got a mix of talent. I would love to just see Norton, and I know they won't do it. It's not going to happen, right? But when you recruit a centre-half back that's an All-Australian caliber centre-half back, give him a chance to be an All-Australian. They haven't done that. How would it look now? And I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but with the injuries that they've got now and the lack of progression, I guess, from Hugo Hagen and and Darcy, who we wouldn't have expected to be making an impact yet. So in time, I think that theory is sound, but... But right now, I mean, they played in a grand final last year. This is their this is their time yeah. now. How, how would it look last night with Norton at Sanaf back? But they have to do they have to do it in a different manner to to win games. They have to dominate uncontested possession. They have to win it. Fan, hang on, hang on, hang on, hands, hands, hands. And and against good teams, the heat is strong, and you don't get pure ex, in, pure entries inside fifty. Mm-hmm. They will win a lot of games because they've got great talent. They will. They'll beat the Brumbies. The, the, the scumpers, we call them, Jared. <laughs> They'll beat those teams. But when the heat comes on their back six, they are gone. So I, I think you either fix that problem or you don't. And when you don't, this is what happens. Mm. So th- they had identifiable issues coming into the year, looking to improve from runner-up to Premier. They, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't do anything about down back and they knew they were going to be without Bruce for two-thirds of the season and they didn't do anything. Are they paying a price for that? I think they expected more from probably the Tim O'Brien acquisition, maybe an intercept marker. I think Keith's their intercept marker. I don't think he's the pillar, but that's the way they set up. Um, and they've they've probably expected more from Jamara. You know, Uga Hagen was probably probably going to be in this team and probably would have played a dozen games this year. Hasn't happened through him not being ready and in form, and in the end they had to make a call. He's, he's actually just not there yet. So... It's Aaron Norton or bust. We said this in round one. You know, when he kicks one goal, you lose. Is there a better way of using that player so that you don't have to have him or bust? If it's not going to Aaron Norton, all of a sudden you've got to choose the best option as you go in. You've been there, Kane. When you don't have a dominant target in the forward line, you actually have to scan and you become pretty exciting as a forward 50. Yeah, it's bold, and in time, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just don't know how how you could go into a game mm. with Stewart and De Koning and it's Buku Kamas and what is it, Josh Dunkley and Marcus Bontempelli would would be the only challenge to that. So I mean, to, I mean, there's been a lot spoken about. I'm not, just, lot. I'm not just talking about this game though, can I'm no, talking, I'm, I'm I'm talking I'm about this year. year. Yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Josh Bruce back after the bye, Jared. Obviously VFL, and it's a it's a fair way back for him, but he'll be he'll be out there soon. It will, and that's a, it's the biggest if imaginable, isn't it? Mm. If he can get back and yeah. recapture what he has been and the dynamic in that forward line. Gee, they need him. Desperately. Yeah. Because they are, they're in a tooth and nail struggle for seventh and eighth now. And it's the flow on effect I, that I he I thought brings. it was going to be better than that, but it's not. Mm. So where do you have, so let's stick with the Aaron Norton discussion, okay? So he gets his wingman back in, in Bruce and it looks a lot, it looks a lot better. But, but where is Aaron Norton right now? And if I said to you, give me the 10 best forwards in the competition right now. Give me the 10 best. Is he in your 10? Yeah, well, I think that... Is he in your 10? <laughs> I think the description of him as a Leviathan and a Goliath, uh, that, that's overestimating That's overestimating what they get out of him. Kane, is he ahead of Max um, King? No. Is he ahead he's of not Charlie Kerno? 
No, and he's yeah. not ahead of the two last night. So there's four. But both, all, all of those guys have wingmen, don't they? If we continue Jared's uh, uh, maverick obsession for, for, for another day. They've all got wing. What, what Aaron Norton's being asked to do now, it, the others aren't being asked to do. No, but that's the point. That, that's the point. So when so Josh ma- Bruce so comes back. that asset. So it? when Josh Bruce comes back, though. But he's he got to give we, him a we, month to get a well, run of, co- of course, but he requires minding. He yeah. requires a key defender. And we're not expecting the well from Josh Bruce, but surely the flow-on effect from that, and we've seen it, is that Aaron Norton benefits, mm. surely. I think it's it's easier to replace a back, isn't it, Kingy? Like, if you've got a forward who is capable of kicking you 50 to 60, which he clearly is, you know, we've seen Himmelberg go back because he probably hasn't had success forward. And I think Himmelberg, and you've spoken about it during your calls, will, will be a success across halfback. I just think it's easier to find a Paddy McCartan or, or a someone to go back. It's not easy to find a forward who is capable of taking a contested mark inside 50, which is still the hardest skill in football. Yeah, and, and I, I, just, I just question how many he's taken. I'll just put that on the, on the, on the table. Yep. If, if you're not top 10 in the comp, is it just your eye telling you lies? Mm. It's awesome when it works, but are you maximising all your assets would be my, my only question. How much trouble is Bailey Smith in for a headbutt? Fair bit of trouble, Jared. So it is in the table of classifiable offences. So headbutting or contact using the head as it's described by the AFL. So you roll it through the matrix. Clearly it's intentional. And then you have to ask the question whether it's medium or low force. And we know it was high. So it's at least a one-match ban, possibly two. If you go down the historical path, Will Schofield a couple of years ago, 2020, got a one-week uh, ban for a, a headbutt on Zach Butters that was intentional. It was low impact and high contact, and that got one week. So Michael Walters had one week, but that was overturned at the tribunal in, in 2019, and the vision wasn't great. So with this one, it's all there for everyone to see. The mark on the head of Zach Tui is there for everyone to see as yeah. well. So the, the Schofield one is incredibly relevant because it's absolutely minimum chips. Very small. He makes... The, the slider, he does, certainly thrusts his head forward and is absolutely worthy of a week. Smith's left a mark on Tui. There was no mark on Butters. Oh, I think he's incredibly lucky if he gets a week. And I'm, I'm not sure how you could run it through on, on headbutting and land it low. Yeah. So if it's not meat, it, I mean, you run it through so it's severe and then it's, all the way, it's, uh, it's high and then it's medium and then it's low and then obviously negligible. Yeah. So you're right. You run it up to severe and then you come back. How do you get a severe headbutt and you run all the way back? It's, it's going to be debated whether it's low or medium, but I think you're right. I think he'll be extremely lucky if he gets off low impact. It's such a poor action in the game. It is. It is. It was, and I could argue that it cost him the win because he wasn't the same player after that. And, uh, and you've been there before when the spotlight is on you and you completely go in your shell because he was awesome in the third quarter. Eight touches. King, I'm not sure how many score involvements he would have had just in that third quarter alone, but I, I think it would be significant. That's what my eye would tell you. And then he was he was hardly excited in the last quarter, and he was he got them going like he, the run and carry through the middle of the ground. And he's I mean it wasn't his biggest night in terms of what he's done this year, but he was a shell of the player that he was um, in the third quarter in the last. Out of character too. I don't think it's the sort of yeah. thing we would associate no, well really with any weird. player, but especially with him. And um, um, Zach too, he wasn't completely blameless. There was a, there was a little bit going on there, but clearly Bailey's taken it a step forward. And, it, and when we did t- speak about Will Schofield earlier, it's a far more vigorous action than, than what Will Schofield did a couple uh, of years ago. Are there any mitigating circumstances with them both pulling in? Uh, I mean, mm. is, there, is there any, is there any, I don't know, is there any grey area there? Because I do think they were both ripping at each mm. other and, to me, that's not him. I don't see him as that sort of player. 
if it was if it, if it was um, a natural born killer, if it was Toby Green, we'd be saying something different. I, I don't see this in his game at all. Bit of red mist, wasn't it? I mean, it goes back to Reece Stanley clobbered someone high. I can't remember who it was. There was a bit of the afters Pretoria, there, think, was it? and they fly the flag, and then they fly the flag for their mate, and they fly the flag for their mate, and it sort of escalated relatively quickly. So, do you reckon he meant it? Do you think? Do you think it was a decision to headbutt him? Yeah, I think so. Uh, do yeah. you, Jared? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gee whiz. Um, well, it can't be one then. If it's a decision to headbutt someone, no, it's, well, it, can, it can be one. It, it should because be. it, it should can be. run through the matrix. The this matrix. is it is a classifiable offence. So this is, this mm. actually re, re, is really important. It's not um, serious misconduct, which is open to everything. It is they have deliberately put headbutting into the table to deal with? Yeah. Well, if you're putting headbutting deliberately in there and, and you're starting at one, it's a low bar, isn't it? I mean, if you make a decision to headbutt. And you make a mark on someone's head. Did you see? It can't be one. Did you see it differently? I, I thought there were there was some tugging going on from both players, and I, and I don't think in my wildest dreams that he meant to do that. Okay. The issues out of last night. We'll have a chat with Isaac Smith in a moment's time, uh, one of the veterans of the game who's part of this Cats lineup. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australia Tourism Rewards Wonder. Visit southaustralia.com. Salon by 13 points over the Western Bulldogs to start the round on crunch time. You're with Jared Waitley, Sam Edmund, David King and Kane Corns. Isaac Smith is with us from the Cats. Isaac, great to have you on crunch time. Jared, good morning. I'm well. Give us your summary of the game. Uh, We kicked away early. Bulldogs came back and we ended up holding on in the end. I think it was... uh, I don't know. You guys probably watched it more intently than I was watching it, but... Uh, it looked like we controlled the first part of the game. They got it back on their terms a little bit. And then uh, even though they were challenging in the last quarter, it probably felt like we were controlling the tempo of the game. So uh, in the end, it was a good win and it sort of sets us up leading into our bye. What did it feel like during the second and the third quarter when everything that had worked early didn't work at all? Yeah, I think... Footy's probably, the, the two things with footy I reckon that's happened over the last probably two or three years is that, one, it's more of a chess match than ever. And when well, probably opposition coaches box and senior players make moves on the ground, um, they probably work and the opposition have to adjust to them. And two, momentum. Uh, ever since I've been playing AFL, uh, it's probably... The influence that momentum has on the game is more now than ever. And when teams get run on, it's very difficult to stop until you actually get a definitive break. So whether that be a quarter time, half time, or even a major delay during a quarter, it's hard to flip the momentum we've found during quarters. So just on that, Chris Scott said uh, in our sort of package before we came on air in his post-match media conference that they felt like they lost control of the game for a large part of it and it wasn't an enjoyable night in the coach's box. Do you get a sense of that as a player or you're just chasing the ball around and not having any knowledge of how the coaches are feeling? <laughs> well, I was playing on the width wing a fair bit last night, Kane, so I wasn't chasing the ball too much, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a nightmare yeah, out there. You, you do get a bit of a sense of that. That uh, it, it felt like that a little bit where, obviously, Chris and his team were making some moves and it's certainly what we planned going into the game worked early, but uh, Luke Beveridge and his coaching staff, they're a great coaching group and what they've achieved over the last five or six years shows that they're able to adapt during games and 
when they could get their game up and going, their handball through the middle of the ground, and uh, blokes like Bailey Smith and Trelaw and Bottompelli were linking up through there, then they put us to the sword a little bit. But uh, I think, yeah, and I, I probably alluded to it earlier, more than ever, uh, and there's so many ebbs and flows in games now, and uh, it's not too often a team, other than probably Melbourne this year, has gone into a game and been able to control the majority of games. From that width wing, you call it, Isaac, you'd have a great view of Jeremy Cameron just rolling up the field and charging back, virtually unopposed. There must be a time where you say, geez, out again here, he's, he's going to get this. As he charges inside forward 50, you must have a, a moment where you say, who's on this guy? <laughs> it was a little bit like that early last night, and uh, we probably identified that that was maybe one spot where we could uh, possibly get the Bulldogs last night was we're a bit taller. We had uh, Hawkins, Cameron, and I thought Blitzars and Reece Stanley were two of our most important players last night. But uh, we probably went in with a little bit more height than they had, and uh, Jeremy was able to get off the leash. And uh, yeah, he's pretty important, and uh, he was pretty good last night. And uh, he's uh, I've been fortunate enough to play with some pretty good uh, key forwards, and he's one of them. So, so when the game goes into, into that full arm wrestle mode in, say, the late second quarter or early third, is is the first quarter call to slow the game down? Because, I mean, when you've built such a lead so early, it is there's a long time left in the game and you leave the door ajar, clearly. But is it to go into damage control and just change the tempo of the game and, and make a, give them another enemy in terms of the clock? Well, I think it depends on the moment in time in that quarter, uh, if it's late leading into sort of half time, you probably want to slow it down and try to rest a little bit of the momentum and control the ball. Uh, but if it's halfway through the third quarter, then the game's still well and truly alive and on. And uh, Whether you go into the method of trying to slow it down or whether you go into sort of a gear of where you're like, well, the game's up and about here and we want to step our authority on the game and we still want to win it, so we want to kick a score. So I think it all depends on... What's a, and this is a pretty uh, general answer, but what's occurred before that and how long there is to go in that exact quarter. And um, then we pull different triggers. But uh, I thought we probably handled, and we talk about red time a little bit, which is the last, uh, you know, two, three, four minutes of a quarter. I thought we handled those periods really well last night. Uh, turning point was when Tom Stewart went off. But th- does Zach Guthrie get recognised internally? Because I-, I think he is one of the more improved players in the competition. Yeah, Zach's been really good, especially since I've arrived at the club the last 18 months. And his uh, ability to know when to come off his opponent and help. And also, uh, he's probably underrated and probably doesn't get recognised as much as how well when he's one-on-one. He's able to either nullify the contest or then win it. Uh, he takes a lot of... I'm not sure what his intercept num- mark numbers are like, but I reckon he'd be up there. And He's been really important to us this year. Can I ask about the, the bigger picture and just talk about the, the build? It's the second year there. How much different does this year look as compared to last in terms of, in terms of channeling towards winning the thing? Top four finish and then going on and actually getting that uh, another tattoo for you. They're all over your body at the moment, but another tattoo for you. <laughs> I, need, I, need a, I need another one. <laughs> what, what does this feel like compared to last year? Uh, certainly in a... I, I feel, personally, I feel like we're in a better position. 
it was interesting walking through the doors 18 months ago when uh, we'd everyone in the AFL industry come off uh, the hub and uh, Geelong had obviously gone all the way without winning it against Richmond and you look sort of what happened to Richmond last year and they went the longest in the hub with Geelong and then I thought Geelong did really well um, being able to compete and stay up there last year but uh, just due to COVID and having access to different things we probably carried a lot of injuries into the season which uh, then put you on the back foot going through the whole season so this year it feels like it's panning out a little bit better whether that means uh, we have a better result than last year who knows you need a little bit of luck on your side but it certainly feels like we're building uh, probably in a stronger position than what we were last year. And Isaac, what about you? Your form, your body? I mean, how are you feeling? It snuck up quick. I just had to double check. 34 in December, but you started late, so the birth date doesn't count, does it? <laughs> well, you tell this management that, Corny. <laughs> <laughs> they, they certainly take a few digits off it as you get older. But, uh, it, it's funny. Physically, I feel as good as I've ever felt. I think the battle, uh, once you get to sort of 33, 34 is, is the mental side of things. So fortunate enough, my body's in really good nick and uh, hopefully I can just keep trotting along. Yeah, so just on that, I mean, you've got a new deal to negotiate this year at the Cattery. When does that kick off if it hasn't already? Uh, oh, that's up to Andrew Mackey, mate. I, uh, I'm fortunate enough now that uh, I'm in a really good spot uh, family-wise and uh, upskilled myself a fair bit since I've come into the AFL, so I'm really confident with the position I'm in at the moment and I'm um, just enjoying playing my footy. Mm. What view did you have of Bailey Smith's headbutt? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you, didn't see, you, you didn't see it? You haven't spoken to Zach Tilly about it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you ought to know what happened straight after the game last night for me. So I've got out, my wife's, uh, two days, three days off being 40 weeks pregnant, so we're in the go zone any minute. I've lost the car keys, uh, so I couldn't find the car keys. Then I'm asking the boys, has anyone got my car keys? No one could find them, so I've had to get my sister to come in and pick me up. I've driven back to Geelong, picked up the spare keys, gone back to Eddie had at 3 a.m. to get the car out. They wouldn't let me get the car out because they couldn't open the boom gate. And then I looked to find my AirPods because you can find that on your phone and they're at, uh, they're at Jeremy Cameron's farm. So my keys and my AirPods are sitting in Jeremy Cameron's bag. So <laughs> to be honest, I haven't, I haven't spoken about the game, looked at the game, reviewed the game. I'm not oh, sure what's happening. So what time did you hit the sack in the end, Isaac? 5 a.m.? Oh, I think about 4.30. It was oh, uh, so he's little, shut the eyes for a couple of hours, and then the little one was up at about seven. Oh, he's kicked six and cost you about eight hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to be honest, I, I was on the bench, I think, when all that scuffling and that happened, and um, I have no idea what's happened, to be honest. The, so I will say it's, it's better at home games, isn't it? Because I was on the park out the back with a little fella kicking it. You rode past on the bike after the last game. And he, is, that, is that Isaac Smith on his bike? <laughs> yep, that's a good way to get to the game. <laughs> it's actually not bad. It's quicker to ride than driving because you don't get the red light, which is good. Ah, oh, well, that's, that is misadventure in the extreme. Can, can I just ask you a quick one about the coach? Because we, we love his honesty with us. We, he's always engaging and telling us 
where you're at as a club and what the challenges are. And you know, he talks a lot about Patrick Dangerfield and where his body's at and what's happening, all those sorts of things. What, what does he talk to you guys about, particularly the senior the senior players in, in the mundane parts of the year? You know, rounds eight to thirteen, pretty much just roll on. What, what sort of conversations do you have with him? Uh, probably um, they're more to do with things outside of football than football, King. To be honest, uh, I think he uh, reads the play really well, uh, and he's probably fortunate that he's got a really uh, core group of older guys that, yes, he, he coaches in the sense of a team team essence, overall game strategy, what we want to do. But he's got real confidence in us going out and performing. And um, that means he probably doesn't need to have so many one-on-one conversations with us about uh, necessarily the our, our day-to-day footy. So mm. I think he's found uh, and his uh, percentage and results show that he's found a really nice balance with how he communicates and what he communicates and he keeps it very simple and uh, articulates it very well so uh, it's been uh, I've been really lucky to be able to witness it for the last 18 months and uh, I've been fortunate to have two really good uh, coaches at AFL level over my career Was there anything wrong with the footy last night? I've I've never seen so many players sort of pushing the ends of the footy in. I know you use different balls at times, and and you had a couple of uncharacteristic turnovers. Isaac, was the the footy all right last night? Mate, I'm telling you, they're getting pointier and pointier. I don't know what's going on with them. (laughs) Yeah, right. But, yeah, they're not like the good old days, Gonzi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, and and that that's just the, just the contact that you make with the ball. I guess it's less, and it it, re- it almost like hurts your foot when you kick a real pointy one, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And you just it, you probably don't get that real pop off your foot when you hit it. You know, and it, and I'm not sure uh, with the people listening, but when a footy's really kicked in, um, you get a nice pop off your boot, and it sort of trampolines off it. Well, when they're pointy, you've really got to put some impact into it to make sure that it goes. Hmm. We have to do something about that. I thought they were all kicked in. <laughs> well, Jeremy Cameron didn't have any issues by looking at it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, good to chat. Um, get some sleep at some point. Uh, I will do. We'll see how it goes. And, yeah, and good luck for the next couple of weeks yeah. in the go zone. Yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your day. Good on you. Isaac Smith joins us from the Cats there. That's what a night, isn't it? He's got to get his car yet. Spare keys. His poor sister's got a bad phone call, too. <laughs> Come he's, what a... I want to know when he's going to ring Jez. How did he leave with his keys? You've hurt me there. Yeah, he's always... nicked off with the valuables bag. Remember the old valuables bag? Yeah. It's always the most relaxed bloke that steals your keys. <laughs> so I find it hard to have a go. Not exactly around yeah. the corner either, is yeah, it? Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry about that. I took your keys home. Sorry about that. You're listening to Crunch Time for South Australia Tourism Rewards Wonder. Visit southaustralia.com. The award-winning crunch time. What sort of odyssey sits ahead for Isaac Smith, Sam? So three and a half hours it'll take him up the Hamilton Highway to Dartmoor, which is uh, Jeremy Cameron's uh, well old place of residence there, the family farm. So three and a half hours back, just a seven-hour round trip to pick up the keys. <laughs>
Not nice. It's a long Not way. nice when you're approach, when you're in the go zone, Jared. You're going to be a bit fun about that. No, he's, Jeremy's got his own farm now, doesn't he, Sam? No, I don't know. Dartmoor sounded the, better. <laughs> seven hours sounds good, but I think he's got a property a bit closer. I'm going with Dartmoor. <laughs> 700 acres just out of the back of July. <laughs> the, uh, we'll do the... The Essendon review and the the full coaches market as there's there's a level of stability that's setting in. There's decision time at a, at a few, and it's going to fall in favour of the incumbent. We'll do that uh, out of twelve. Just the the mid season trade period idea, and so we ran this past Chris Grant in our pre match last night. So he's an old school philosophically no, but he knows it's coming, yeah. and his mind was whirring, and it clearly has theoretically during how would they have used it if it had been this week to address the shortcomings which we then saw play out over the next two and a half hours. To your broader point, Kane, is this would offer the dogs a chance to rectify maybe what they hadn't done as a mm. list management group coming in, but it would give them a chance to address shortcomings. And Kingy is that the not not just the imagination, but the Aggression is what are you prepared to do yep. to rectify the known knowns in round 11 to be better and give yourself a run at it? In the NFL, Jerry, the LA Rams won the title and they won the title off aggression through the trade period. Mid-season, start of season, they went bang, bang, bang and put, put it all on the table. We've got, we've got a quarterback, we trust, we're going for it. We don't have that luxury. So we have a meandering season for some clubs, for, for, for 10 of our clubs, it's just going to peter out. It really will. And it'll be a, a long, slow last 10 weeks. If if the dogs could say to the West Coast, we're going to give you a first and second round pick. We want Jack Darling and Jeremy McGovern. We're paying their wage from next year onwards. And we, we'll, we'll do something down the track. We might be able to give you a, a second rounder in three years. So not, not absolutely sell the farm, but get it done. The dogs are a serious contender again. We're not having this conversation today. We're saying... They've got to get McGovern. They've got to get Darling. It's a different it's a different conversation, and it brings another team back into premiership contention. Now, you can say, that's unfair on Melbourne. Melbourne can go and improve. Melbourne aren't perfect. Everyone thinks, oh, but they're, they're so, much, so much better than everyone else. Oh, their list, this, their list, that. Hey, change your list. Get creative. And what it does do over a period of time, it shortens your span at the top of the table, and it shortens your span at the bottom of the table. <laughs> For that to happen... I think you ha we have to grow up in the industry and the, the American model is, is great and it's interesting and it goes nuts, but you can be traded if you don't want to, as long as the other club's willing to pick up your contract. The AFL Players Association would never allow that to happen. What if Darling says, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really still, happy. You still have in to satisfy the player. Yeah, you still I, have to I, get the deal done. I think you, if, if for this to ha yeah for this to happen, you, the clubs must be able to trade a player against their will. Not, not against their will. No, I, I don't think you have to do it. I mean, would Jack Darling? No one would ever ask Jack Darling, but and he would never give you an honest answer. But if you said, "Hey, listen, this window's done here. This window is slam closed. It, you've got two years to go to the dogs to win a flat." We've, we've talked about this every off season. Why is Jeremy Cameron at Geelong right now? Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure every player would. So yes, uh, what what about if you're okay. going from what what about if you're going from Melbourne to North Melbourne? What what if a Melbourne player doesn't want to go? What if uh, Brayshaw doesn't want to go from Melbourne to North Melbourne? Doesn't go. You have to satisfy the player. If the player doesn't want to, so move, I don't think it, I don't think it works then. What what doesn't it work? 
I think you've got to, I think the industry's got to grow up. I mean, you, we've got players now that want to opt out of their contracts and eventually they find their own way. But we've, there'd be so many clubs out there that would love to trade a couple of players and there'd be opposition clubs that would pick up their contract, but they won't do it because they're contracted and they don't want to go. I just, I, I think for a mid season trade period to happen, public wages, uh, trade without don't your need will. Public wages. Yeah, well, I think you do. I think it's so. That's a different so, discussion. So let's not compare it to That's the American model. No, let's not. not let's not ever compare it to the American model. But it's not the American model in totality. But the the notion that you can have player movement mid season could be quite unique to us. The player has to agree. If North Melbourne are trading for a player and they're finishing second last on the table, that would be a disaster. Hist- history says it happens anyway. So the player says, I don't want to go. Well, eight, nine times out of ten, they're going anyway because do you want to stay somewhere where you're not wanted? The coach is off. He might not play every game for the remainder of the season. I mean, the, the Adam Trelaw is the high-profile example. He didn't want to go, but he was made to go. So history says it's going to happen more often than not. And, and it works both ways. So the views from the players is mixed. What if a player is in a horrible position at Club A, he's in and out of the side, has, doesn't have a great relationship with those who are, who are choosing the team each week, and he's got another team desperate to have him, sold the vision, you'll play every week. So it can work for the players and for the clubs as well. It's not just all about the club. How many big, how many big trades would we get mid-year? We hardly get any in the off-season. So why would we get any because mid-year? the thirst oh, yeah. for success is immediate. Yep. I don't think you could sit still. So no. I think if we just had a trade window, oh, you, you, I think that I think at least six of the top eight clubs would have added an asset. Jared, of all the people that'd be frothing in Australia, the bloke who's against it the most we're talking to right now, no, you'd, I, be, you'd be I, I, you'd be at one I'm, just, I'm just saying it's 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 it'd be terrific for media attention. I'd I'd love it. I'd I'd be fully invested in it, but. Let's grow up in the whole thing. Let's not be half in. We're, we are a, in. we're a we're a quarter in on this. Yeah, I agree with that. So how, let's how? move the next state. I reckon we're a third yeah. into player mobility. So and let's move the next that's third, right. and then in a generation's time, we might move the last third. You have to find the model that fits culturally our piece. So it's a little bit different to the US culturally. But I truly think, Kane, that if if you had opened a trade window and everyone's chasing Melbourne. And if you'd sat still while other teams added assets, I don't think anyone in contention is sitting still. I'd have a bit of sympathy for for old mate Tim Lamb, who's done an amazing job of assembling this Melbourne but, list with the salary cap that they've got, and then the Western Bulldogs go, oh, we, "We got we got stitched up by Jeremy Cameron last night. Let's go and get a defender." But hang it's on, a, it's, it's a, a real reversal. Tim, hang on, it's Tim, a get out. It's a get Kane, out. Tim Lamb isn't in Mauritius at the moment. He's still being Tim yeah. Lamb. He would still be Tim Lamb in a mid-season trade period. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's an advantage that. He would go, oh, hang on, we're, we're pretty good. Geelong, what? Stephen Wells has, has just done the most unbelievable job to have Geelong again in top four contention. But, and he's gone, oh, uh, because Carlton don't have a backup and half back, they can go and get one. Do you one. reckon but, Geelong would sit idle? I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think they well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't if it came in. It wouldn't. But they're they're going. What, what's wrong with the model right now? We're, we've had we had because three it, because months in the off creates, season to assemble a list. No, because I'll tell you what's wrong with the model right now is because we've got rebuilds that take six to seven years, which is a generation of, of talent wasted. With if if you've got if you've got talent on that list, the West Coast Eagles have got significant individuals with talent, they're going to be wasted for the next five years. Yeah, but that's What's their the fault. That's their, their fault they gave. They, they gave Andrew Gaffis. They gave Andrew oh, Gaffis six yeah. million over six years. Yeah. I, what, it's what, not about what, the dollar so, value. 
Well, it is because they didn't see the cliff coming. And just because they didn't see the cliff coming and they've given McGovern six years at six million and Gaff and everyone else that they've signed up for these ridiculous you, deals. You oh, so let's give them a get out. You can't say poor Tim <laughs> Lamb because Melbourne would have the advantage. They've lost one game. If Melbourne come knocking for a player, how's that for a desk? What club, what well, player? How, how, are Melbourne go? going, how are Melbourne going right now? They're going, I reckon we're in a pretty good position as it is. Without a mid-season trade. Good spicy conversation. Yeah. Crunch time for South Australia like Tourism it. Rewards. Wonder visit southaustralia.com. The award-winning crunch time. The undercard has been spicy. Now we're ready for the big hour. Kane Corns, David King, they've brought a bit of fireball to us, oh. Sam. Sam Edmund and Jared Waitley with you on Crunch Time, the Round 12 edition. <laughs> well, they're it's fighting a good all debate. day. It's a good debate, though. It they're is. fighting Friday morning and they've just rolled it to the next day. Well no, we're not. That's what we do. We debate things. What are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> the coaches market. Uh, is there a sudden st- sense of stability coming here? So, Kane, I think you and I shared the view that movement usually begets movement in this space. And yet, this is just starting to, to settle the other way. Yeah, I thought there was going to be five. I, th- I thought that, uh, m- a month ago, maybe five coaching changes. Um, now, you're certainly not as sure about Gold Coast. In fact, if you know, if I probably had the keys at Gold Coast, you'd, you'd sign Steward you up now. I wouldn't have too many complaints if they did that. I'm really interested with Port Adelaide. I really am. Um, and what they are going to do. Ken's contracting until the end of next year. The back half of the year is is going to be a real test for him. Richmond and Sydney in the next fortnight after the buy. So that'll be, that'll to see how that one plays out. So things could could move after that. You spoke to the Saints during the week, Jared. They seem committed to Brett Ratton. Who knows what happens with West Coast, albeit they've backed their guy in and then North Melbourne and Dave Noble. So there's still some real intrigue around it, yeah. I think. And who's going to replace Leon Cameron, of course. So they still could be up to five, but all of a sudden the Saints look good, the Gold Coast look good. Um, so there's a couple that have probably you know committed to their guy. Does it matter, though? Because, and I agree, but is it? are we overthinking it? it GWS is available. Is... Is GWS Clarkson's club of choice anyway? And we're trying to gaze into the mind of Alistair Clarkson here. It would be historical. It would be um, a promising young list to take over with a with an abundance of talent. And he goes into a market to sell the AFL vision. Does it just tick all the boxes anyway, the Giants? Maybe it does. Just let me run the exercise mm. with you. So if you were choosing between the Giants and Port Adelaide, say the Giants pinch Ken and... Just say Clarkson's choice is notionally the Giants or Port Adelaide. Which way would you go, Kane? I reckon they're pretty similar. I think they're. Li- I think they're both lists have um, some holes in it, but I think both, you know, with some shrewd moves, can bounce pretty quickly. You would. Pr- you would probably go with the Giants just because of the the access that they've had to talent. But in terms of where he wants to live, he's. He's lived in Adelaide before. He's coached Central District to a Premiership. He's been ass- assistant coach at Adelaide, so he would know the market. I don't know. I, I don't know which way he would go. Um, I, I feel like there's a good chance to win straight away at both clubs. Doesn't it strike you that the legacy element that would come with the Giants would be a motivator for him or not? Maybe. It's not a big club, though. So he's in his heart of hearts, he's spoken about big clubs. So, yes, you could sell legacy, 
But there's still the who am I taking it home to question, which will always mm. sit there. Yeah. So who am I taking it home to well, once it's done? Wouldn't part of the motivation be I can build something, not just the side, but a community? But, that's, a big, that's bigger yeah, than one man. But what if but, you can't? But what if that's not the lot of Greater Western Sydney geographically? And you could take over something that is trenchant, like Port Adelaide, with all of its history that it rolls out. That's, mm. that's all, all I'm saying is when he's spoken from the heart, he's spoken about big clubs. I don't think the Giants will ever be that. I think they'll be successful, but I don't think they'll ever yep. be that club. Can't, can't argue with that. The more I watch this, and the more the Saints have been so good and the Suns have been so good, and Okay, there's there's some gaps in the Eagles and the Kangaroos and Essendon. You get you get mount a case there. There's movement. Port Adelaide. You talk about a lot. Um, are we 100 percent guaranteed that he'll be coaching next year, Alistair Clarkson? No, no. Well, I, oh, not, that's where I'm starting to think. Not not if the right job doesn't come up. That's where I'm at. Like if Alistair went to Port Adelaide, are they winning a flag in three years? I'm not as convinced as Kane. I don't. I'm, think not, con- I'm not convinced. I just think so they I'm have convinced. Probably the wrong word. Not as strong. Yeah. I'm not as strong on their list as what you are. I think there's a massive void in the middle of the Port Adelaide list. Really good at the bottom. Really good at the top. And two or three in the middle from say 23 to to 27. That is it. The the, the, goal, the GWS list has layers, and and you can come in and you can you can mix a few players. You can sell a few. You can get some picks, or you can get some some trades done. You can get some free agents. He will bring free agents with him because of the 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 the, the aura of Alistair. Can the Giants win one in three years? I, I, I probably have more confidence than I do it, than Port. Outside of that, Kangaroos a long build. West Coast a long build. Essendon's the wild card for me. That's the wild card. That's, that's the watch. That's the only one that I could say if he went there. Could he win a flag in two years? I'd say yes. I'd say he could because I think that list has has scope. Yeah, I think he, he's spoken – well, he's only spoken a, a couple of times really in depth, but he's spoken about a longer period of time, Jared. I think, as well, like the four-year mm. period that it can take. So I don't think it's – he just wants to come in and go bang. I think he is um, willing to spend a bit more time building the list and almost rebuilding. So I think that opens it up to, to more clubs and just – just the Giants, but yeah, if he if he brought some free agents to Port Adelaide King in and they've got salary cap space, I think there's still some uh, some advantages of the list. I think there's advantages of every list, and I think he's open to that. But you're right. Your premise of your comments is that the 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 market is narrowing. Mm. So we're all. Yeah. I want to dig a little bit further on Essendon in a moment because they'll dominate the next three crunch times. Just before we do, though, you're a part of a conversation with Nick Revolt. Mm-hmm. This is really interesting. Yeah. Because the number one way to destabilise something that's on a very promising trajectory would be to ring Alistair Clarkson. If you're St Kilda, are you even contacting Alistair Clarkson? Would you? Would you? Would you make the call? You'd make the call. Why? Well, to gauge interest for a start. I, I think you'd, you'd be derelict in your duty if you didn't make the call. Oh, if Alistair Clarkson was busting to get to your football club... Then I, th- I think you make the, I think you make the phone call. It feels as though everyone's cheering for Stuart Jew. Would you re-sign him now? No, I wouldn't. I, I don't I'd think... wait. I, I'm not saying he, he he's not a good coach, but I would I would wait. Yeah, I would wait. We've How seen long? we've seen this movie with the Gold Coast Suns. My, so... my reasoning was not based on Stuart Jew's coaching. It was just again the the lure of Alistair Clarkson and and the potential for him to end up there. That's that's why I would wait. Yeah, yes. So you would re-sign him now. What would what more do you need to see from Stuart Jew to re-sign? I'd, I want to know from Alistair Clarkson. 
That's three sixty extra on Thursday night. Yeah, I think it's really dangerous to be to be really comfortable with what your coach has done culturally, um, internally, and in building an environment that 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 provides an opportunity for excellence. And that is a, that is a tough thing to do, and I think Stuart Jew has has achieved that, and he's only just achieved that. It's taken some time to build relationships and and have that balance between challenging someone and getting a response and challenging someone and having them fall apart, which is which we've seen at other clubs. So five and six. They're the most solid they've looked for a long time, the Suns. They're happy with him. Sign him. Keep, keep the joint stable. I don't know what more Brett Ratton could have, could have done this year. <laughs> Eight and three, um, charging towards the top four, got a clear defensive mode, got the best weapon in the comp at full forward, got the best pairing of halfback flankers, and they just now have the, 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 the club in a great space. Why would you even risk making a phone call to Alistair Clarkson to destabilise the whole thing. I'd be furious if I was Brett uh, Ratton and, and the club rang Alistair Clarkson to tip me out. And that's obviously not ha- what's happening is the board, from what Andrew Bassett said on Thursday, the board has clearly said to management the green light to start the negotiation to re-sign him, let us know what the terms are. Yeah, and Kane, come with me. I think the back half of the year, there's something about when you're a player and everything's in great order. It's in great order. We've got our mode absolutely humming. Players to come back from injury, and, and you know, yeah. including Steele and these guys, something about the, the club endorsing the coach and endorsing the vision of the future that that can take you somewhere this year. You just want the opportunity to to, to win a premiership, and you don't want anything to rock that. So, so separate Gold Coast for a second. They're probably not in that category, but the Saints, the Saints are. Just just as a player, give us a shot to win one. Give give me the opportunity to be there on prelim final day to go through a grand final, best day of your life. So you don't want anything to derail that, and to sign Brett Ratton now would would give you that stability that you need. So no issues there, and and at Gold Coast. So if it's Clarkson, and so the, so if Clarkson comes in, so Jew goes plus two assistants or plus a doctor and a physio. That, that's the other thing. I'm not sure Sam how much the AFL can pay and, and all of that. I I get lost in a bit of that. Um, the AFL's funding for Alistair Clarkson. I don't for one minute understand how that is fair and how they can get away with that. So I, I get a bit lost. So if, if it's if it's due plus two assistants and a physio, well, give me that rather than Alistair Clarkson and really thin on the ground. Uh, I think he's more suited to to a North Melbourne type or to a club that's really battling um, and can come in and, and take over or a club that already has a vacated spot like the Giants. I think the Kangaroos have to make the call. Well, I was surprised. So we spoke to Ben Amafio a week ago, Kingy, and we put that to him. Have you rang Alistair Clarkson yet? No. Why not? Well, because we've got our guy. I, so I, I think to publicly. use Nick's term. He has to yeah, say that what, publicly. Can't say. Yeah, so I called, do you him, think, I called do you, him on Tuesday and yeah, all of a sudden tipped the, tipped the so, toys out. Yeah, maybe. And, and I debated that with, with Hutchie on Classified on Monday night. So maybe he's lying to us. Maybe. Um, second I language of footy, mate. I took him at his word that he hasn't. So North Melbourne have to have made the call already. And if they haven't, what are they waiting for? No, I don't think, made the call. I don't think they would have made the call already. They, he's, he's their guy and they're saying, show us that you are our guy. Give us a look at what it looks like. You challenge the, the, number, the metrics. The, 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 what were they? Margin, they were, um, um, marginal one gains. One. Marginal gains. Marginal ga- you challenged the marginal gains during, during uh, last week's show. Um, and I think if you're going to sell that you've made marginal gains, well, you come back in six weeks and show us that those marginal gains are still tracking. Might be too late, though. Six weeks might be no, too I late. Think, no, no, he's, he's got time. No, I, th- I don't think... For Clarkson? 
Yeah. We just talked about how many options has Clarko got. Well, he's got one that's there's a job there right now. Like, yeah, and if he rang him today, he'd have it. I mean, you're, yeah. you're never going to beat that timeline. That they they've got a vacancy, so don't don't rush your vacancy. There's there's no hurry. There's a guy mm. there who's, who's got the job now. Show us that you've got the, the the tools to take us somewhere. The Essendon side of the equation. So they've got the next three Friday nights. Which means they are going to be, and I, it, we just use crunch time as, as an example. They're going to be the lead item on crunch time three weeks running, and mm. we know what that, how that <laughs> spreads out. Yes, Is they, the 150th game yep. makes perfect sense. The other two didn't when the fixture landed, so <laughs> they are about to go through the most searing examination yeah. possible. Yeah, it was a curiosity at the time, Jared, when they did release this chunk of the floating fixture. Now it just leaps off the page, doesn't it? So it's Essendon and Carlton next Friday night. That's fine. That's the 150th, as you say. They nominated that game. They nominated the venue. They nominated the slot. That's fine. Then they get St Kilda on a Friday night at Marvel Stadium next week, followed by, as part of a double header on the night, on uh, round 15, West Coast away on a Friday night. So... They're now two and nine. That's why it leaps off the page. So if you're into watching a, a potential public stoning here, Jared, um, and, and there's a morbid stoning. curiosity that comes with some games, then just tune in to the next three Friday nights when, hey, look, they, they could turn it back. They could wrestle it out of the fire. But if they don't, then this is going to be as public a dismantling and disintegration of a club as you're going to see in the modern day. So what part of preempting the football department review gives them the default position. I don't know. We've already said it. It's under review. So if things go badly, well, no, no, we've got it under review. But if things turn, that's going to settle your review. We've won three in a row. We're away. Everything yeah. we told you is right. That, we're plotting towards the plan. It's going to work. That will. But the way you phrase the former is this is a review, don't forget, Jared, with no one's jobs potentially on the line. It's all internal. So will the questions then come, well, does this review now take on another meaning if you are to lose those games, two or three of them, savagely and, and in prime time as you are, to potentially go further down the Google. What about the one, uh, the West Coast one? I mean, what what about if West Coast were able to sort of get some momentum and turn it around? I mean, that, that that they're the ones that you think, oh my goodness, I'm forecasting. You know, I wouldn't expect them to beat Carlton or St Kilda while they're playing, but you would expect them to beat West Coast. So, I, I don't think you do a review without forecasting change. I, I, don't, I don't believe them. I don't take them at their word that they're doing a review and everyone's job is safe. I think there'll be significant changes within the football department at the end of. Um, this year and, and that will revolve largely around their assistant coaches and probably their fitness staff and perhaps some changes in the recruiting. You don't do a review to make no change. Uh, at the moment, Ben Rutten is safe, but yeah, as you've said a couple of times, I'd be really nervous if he had some really ordinary performances again in the back half of the year if I was Ben. Yeah, I wouldn't be making drastic change. I, 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 yeah, but I, they will, Kingy. You can just see it. How do you, you know can, they haven't done Because they, they, they will. They, I, I guarantee you, uh, well, I can't guarantee. I, I predict that there will be two assistant coaches that will well, that, leave at the end the, of the year. I mean, that's not a drastic change in my view. Well, that's that, pre- there, there's that's only not, five. There's only, so most of there's only four or five assistant yeah. coaches now. It's they not, spin, there's not ten anymore. They spin like, you know, they spin like cards. They spin like the roulette wheel, the yeah. assistant For, coaches. Forget, it's the, a, forget the assistants. Why shouldn't they make change then, Kingy? Well, this is what's going to happen next time we talk about Essendon. They're going to have probably their best lineup available. Snelling will be back, Stringer will be back, Langford will be back, and Redmond from suspension. So the next time we see them, they are at almost full health. They're going to be a dangerous team to play. Okay, they've got some flaws in how they defend and whatnot, but this, this for talent, for me, the talent is not the issue and has not been the issue for a couple of years. I think the safest person in the whole lot 
is Adrian Dodoro and his recruiting staff, Forster Knight and these guys. They've built, I think, a seriously good list. Okay, there's a hole or two um, that they can fill when they hit that top four range and then they can trade out some elite picks. But in terms of the list composition, mm. this is a list that, that, that should be should be at least in the top six. And I, I think that Friday night game is a real danger game for Carlton. Imagine if they were to roll the Blues and They'll the 150th one. on a Friday night. What a tonic that would be. Who are the three? St Kilda, Carlton and West, West Coast. Coast. So, and it is that the terms are predicated on we are going to be better in the second half of the year than we were in the first half of the year. So mm. if, if they come home to a nine, I'm with Kane. Is that things are not settled. This is predicated on the fact they are going to be substantially better in the second half of the year, and they've articulated the reasons why they believe in that. And you, to a degree, so, have just done that. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying that that this can't come back to the list, in my opinion. If they finish two and nine, hey, that we only we know who pays the price there, and it's not two assistants. But if they come back six and nine, then you can't make. I wouldn't be making wholesale changes on six and nine. They clearly don't agree fully with you on the list because they've said we're going to start taking list management more seriously. I mean, whatever more that. Seriously. that yeah, that's what that's what he said. He's, it's words to that effect. I'm like, because Which they're in have the really, they got wrong. Wait, what have they done that they've got wrong? Because well, Dylan Dylan Shield's bad. That's you give four up two, years ago. You give up two first round yep. draft picks and you sign him for seven, and he's getting dropped halfway through the third or fourth year that he's yep. been there. That's that's a bad one. De- Devin Smith hasn't been a. I mean, he won a best and fairest, but won a best and fairest. He's still, yeah, he's largely. still a very competent uh, forward in, the, in, in terms of pressure. And Ben Hobbs is going to be a ripper. Perkins, a star. Zach Reed just needs ten kilos. Young keep position player. But even if you go deeper than that, you go mm. go to those speculative picks. Yeah, you know, I think Nick Bryan will be their premier ruckman in, in three years' time. He was picked thirty-eight. Harrison Jones, pick thirty. The rookies they've got have been tremendous. I think Durham's going to be a player. Um, Tex Wanganeen, Nick Martin. This, I mean, you can only you can get, only get your job right. But their key position players are, are yeah. there's so what you're probably what you're largely what you're saying is right. But they believe because they've said it publicly that they're going to start taking it more seriously because of the position they're in now. I'm like, well, where's it? Seriously, and when you ha- when word. They, they and when have said that word. and when Dodoro's been there for such a long period of time that's and you haven't won a final I, I since think, 2004, like time gets you. I think I think that's that's it. And I'm with you but though, King. A, sa- a drug saga and, and and sanctions and everything. But you can't say Dylan Shields four years ago because Adrian Dodoro has been there for two decades that, and they haven't had any success in that time. So that's when, when the critics come for him. They're coming at it from a whole historical perspective, not just. I get that. But every club, if you go through every club's list, yeah, there'll be yeah. three players that you go, oh, we probably got that one wrong. Yeah. I mean, you get Will Snelling as a mid-season draft pick. I mean, he's, he's found, they've found gold where most clubs haven't. And, okay, you talk about Stephen Wells. Go back and have a look at Stephen Wells' first-round pick for about a block of six years, and, and we'll, we'll chat that next week. Every recruiter or every uh, recruiting uh, panel have errors. The Sydney Swans missed with their first pick for years, and, the, and their second pick was a gun. Like Parker was a second pick. Um, I, I'll find him for you, but... To, to just go through the draft like, is unfair. Mm. If you look at the block of what they've built, they're not a two and nine list. No, so and the president's. I, I think the most important phrase is he is holding to this is a premiership list in two to three years, and that he will ultimately be judged on whether that comes to fruition or not. That becomes empirical. Are they contending for the flag in two to three years' time? And they have said they believe in their people and they believe in their plan. That that's what the premise of the review is. Mm. Now, it will, and it is predicated on, we'll be better in the second half of the season. 
Yep. If it's not, then I think the terms of that change. But that that's the part. And people will say Paul Brash is delusional, but he says it absolutely. We will premiership list in two to three years. If he has said we will take list management more seriously, so I think that additional is a, that is resources. I think is that, the, that is that is the yeah, wording. No, that I'll, is, I'll, I'll find the I'll find the quote because I couldn't believe when he said it. It's like, why haven't you been taking it seriously? If that so is the wording, he should walk. Let, let, let me get the exact... You can't say that. You can't Benny, say ben, Benny, will, Benny will find the media conference that was on Monday, wasn't it, that um, he said it in relation to list management and we'll play it before the end of the show yeah. and you can you can have the actual facts in front of you rather than me sort of paraphrasing yeah. what was said. I think that they, you can have scrutiny on the list and, and, and the list build and how they got to this position and what the vision was and, and let's have a look at the roadmap. You said we'd be here, we'd be here, what's gone wrong? I'm sure the recruiting department have a different version to the coaching department. But at the end of the day, we only judge what they put on the park. And what they've put on the park defensively for 10 years now has been sub-AFL, not sub-AFL average. It's been bottom four. The the recruiting and list management area is one that's going to be taking on a lot more importance this year because of the opportunities we have. It's always important, but this year we're likely to have reasonably high draft picks. Well, they they obviously did a couple of years ago. Room in our salary cap and the ability to go into a period of trade free agency and drafting with a real head of steam. More importance. More importance importance is a bit different. I mean, they've got salary caps based. They're looking to get a free agent. Now, some people are saying, does that mean Jordan Dugowie? Don't think Dugowie's going anywhere, but that's that's what we're talking about, the ability to add a free agent and some elite picks. It's a different discussion. So we'll pick it up next week on Crunch Time after yeah. we've seen them against the Blues. That's a good three-week block to analyse Eston in a, in a real public setting. It's a, it's a, You're it's going to get him at their best, brother. He's nervous already as a Carlton fan. Have, oh. a look at him. <laughs> Have a look at him, Jared. Hopefully they all turn up and we get a big crowd for the 150th. Okay? Yeah. Or oh, it should be a... Should, should be, be a real moment of be, the season. Should be full. I'll tell you what, right now, looking at their line, I, I'd nearly back, given the impact of, of Weedering, I'd be nearly backing that this will be a shootout the Bombers will bring, every, all guns blazing, big function the next night. This is one. I, if it were me, I, well, we might have a little wager, mm-hmm. Sammy and I. We might have a little wager. Two-metre Peter and Sam Durden. It's going to be... They've, they've, they what? have averaged 49 points in the last three games. Imagine if... Oh, just, they've got some players coming back. Imagine if they could get Jeremy McGovern instead of Sam Durden. <laughs> well, wow. Jeremy McGovern, if he was fit, would wow. be good. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there is a lot... <laughs> there's a lot being put on Sam Durden, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who has been squeezed out of North Melbourne the worst list in the competition yeah. and now has been sort of cited as some sort of saviour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we've skipped a few steps in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, break glass in case of emergency, Jared. Oh, yeah. He's nervous. Look at him now. <laughs> Look at him now. <laughs> uh, the shenanigans at the tribunal. Um, it wasn't a great week for the tribunal. So uh, I'm a long-time watcher. It, it's usually dreadfully boring but uh, it appeals to me you could never with a straight face go this should be put in front of a wider audience and we sat there on Wednesday night watching yeah. it going this is weird like you a, don't get this like LA Law wasn't it just they, one upmanship or, or just just totally got away from the SCs yeah I, it is the AFL's view they said Jared, that rhetorical flourishes as they termed it of the nature used by both counsel last night should not be part of the AFL tribunal process and I think this is the key phrase, they do not reflect the views of the AFL. But don't we know that, Jared? Don't we know that? I mean, don't we understand the legal counsel's arguing it for a result? I'll argue the semantics on that because I love a rhetorical flourish. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the prosecution is there to present the view of the AFL. So it doesn't matter whether word for word you've been given the briefing. 
when you when when that when that position says what they say, you go, that's the AFL's prosecution uh, of this case. Yes, but we know that it's not Brad Scott or Gillian McLaughlin standing no. up and saying that's a cowardly act. No, but that that person in that moment represents the view of the AFL, which mm. is why the AFL, I think, had to step forth and go, no, that's actually, that that's not it. Would they have apologised to every player, to any player in that situation? No. It wouldn't have been as high profile, would it? Uh if it wasn't if it wasn't Franklin and Cochin, it wouldn't have been as high profile, and maybe this played a role in how it got out of hand. Um, so no, I, I I suspect it wouldn't have been that big a deal if it had been a garden variety case. But we all were struck by it, um, yep. watching it, and so I think I think the Swans owe Trent Cochin an apology. Mm. So they they've been very uppity about. You know, Franklin, and they're right. Uppity. Are they're, you flourishing? <laughs> they, they were right on Franklin. Well, but they had no right to say of Trent Cochin, who's not there to defend himself, that he's more prone for the Logies than the Brownlow. So obviously it's not for the AFL to apologise to the Richmond captain, but that statement did point out that Trent Cochin is a premiership captain and one of the most respected leaders in the competition. Um Keep but in, in, what, in what the Swans said in the aftermath, yeah. they should have said, oh, and by the way, we'd like to tip in our apology as well because we, we took it. We, our rhetorical flourish was equally excessive as what the AFL's was. They were bullish on this, the Swans, from the get-go, Jared, all the way to the to the bitter end that didn't go their way. And we spoke about it all throughout the week, that they thought they had a really good case. When so that I, makes them wrong from start to finish. Yeah, what, well, what yeah. case did they have? That's not what a great they... position to come from. Well, they tried yeah. to argue both the key pillars of the case. That is that it wasn't intentional and, and that if it was intentional, that the force didn't constitute a reportable uh, I've got mail that Reese Jones is owed four letters <laughs> and Dermot Burden's got a mitt full of them. Uh, <laughs> Told him everything at the tribunal. The AFL record this weekend, sharing the spotlight, best buddies and Hawthorne Premiership teammates, Luke Bruce and Liam Shields. They share 250-game milestone uh, tomorrow, this week, you'll read about them in the AFL record. Get it if you're going to the footy. Get it if you're taking in the round from home. We're going to spend a bit of time on what comes next. Crunch time for South Australian tourism. Rewards wonder. Visit southaustralia.com. The round 12 edition of Crunch Time. Kane Collins and David King on duty. We're gearing up for the games today thanks to Dometic. Go on your next adventure at Dometic.com. George Cambosis has made the wait. We've oh, got to fight. <laughs> We've got to fight. They were doing a lot of work when I left last night to get the stadium ready. They'd have been a bit flat if they had, nah, just <laughs> could you dismantle all of that? 50,000 people find something else to do on Sunday. Go see Maverick. <laughs> you, you were thinking about calling the game in a couple of hours. The uh, Giants, uh, sorry, the uh, Suns Adelaide. versus the Kangas. I, I'm oh, relieved. I'm happy. Yeah. You're back on. It's going to be great. I want to know what he did to lose. Yeah. Half Exercise yeah. bike in the sauna. Is that what he did? I don't know. Probably. Isn't that what you do? Just get straight into the sweat box and work it out. You, you, uh, you got a jockey on speed dial? You'd have a couple, wouldn't you? Jared, we're not allowed to declare that stuff, Jared. <laughs> the bounce back for Duravent, you know providing erosion control and environmental revegetation. Are we? Are we at all curious how Melbourne bounced back today? Or, as Nathan Jones told us last night, he expects a savage response when they front up against Sydney. Uh, I expect that too, um, Jared. I, look, but it's not. I mean, they're going to pose a challenge, aren't, aren't, aren't they, Sydney? I mean, they're not, they're not just an easy team to play against. I think they'll challenge them. But good teams historically respond to poor performances, and that's what you would expect tonight. King, you, you spoke during the week about... 
perhaps their game defensively not being in the order that we probably perceive it to be? Can you, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so th- last year defensively they were, they were unbelievable. Couldn't move the ball against them to levels we haven't seen before and you couldn't score once the opposition went inside their forward 50 to levels we hadn't seen. It's n- that's not the version of them this year. So I think there's some lag. When you're watching them, you think, gee, they've been good. You know, they've been good for 18 months. If you just judge the, this batch of six weeks or, or whatever, whatever uh, volume you want to look at, we tend to look at six weeks. They're, they're the lowest pressuring team in the competition this year, or this last six weeks, and across the course of the year, having been number one last year. Now, mm. is that is that an indicator of attitude or application or hangover? Complacency, or, or yeah. Complacency, or is it just, okay, they're missing a few pieces and, and they haven't got the band back together yet. They're fifth and sixth where they were one and one which I mentioned a moment ago. So that's a long way from one and one dominant one and one so there's opportunities against Melbourne that haven't been there for a while. The Swans are a fluky team. They're, 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 they're inconsistently brilliant. They can be down for 60 minutes and then have a 30-minute patch that put eight goals on you. That, that's the challenge with Sydney. It'll be a cracking game. But if it's just in and at the contest all day, Melbourne will bash them. They'll bash them to an inch of their lives because the Swans simply aren't at that level with toughness. And just the depth that they've got, like just looking at their ins, yeah. Tomlinson, Salem plays his first game, Samson, I think, round one. Langdon comes back in hard. Like, it's quality coming back in. I know they got a couple out, but they're starting to get their, their best 22 back. I know Stephen May's not there, obviously, but um, some good ins for them. Salem's a star. Look, Salem, Salem's a top liner. Yep. In terms of the way he organises things, Sammy, look, he's just, his ball use we talk about a lot, but he's just... He's always moving guys. He's always shuffling them around. So with May not there as that, you know, that that holding uh, paddock defender, you need that next intermediate player because Lever's in awful form. He's, he shouldn't say he's in awful, awful. form. Mm. He's out of form. Mm. He's not the player of last year. He's not the intercept weapon, and they're not scoring off his intercepts like they were last year. They've got a couple that, like, Gorn can – Gorn's not in no, – he was you know, in the – contention for All-Australian captaincy probably in the first six or seven weeks of the season. He hasn't been that in the last month. Petrarca, I mean, touched it 10 times last week. When do you see that? I don't think uh, Cozzy Pickett is in, in sparkling form. So they've got some players that genuinely need to lift in their form, and I think they're capable clearly of doing that. Yeah, Petrarca actually crook last week, so mm. they had that, that mm. discussion, didn't they, during the week? I wonder if they'll do that again because he was clearly below his best. For mine, speaking of bounce backs, Jared, all eyes to Leaderville Oval out west, oh, two ten yeah. local timer. I've just had a look at the lineups, and there's a Nathan Fife named in the guts centre for Peel Thunder, and uh, Lee Kitchen is his opposite number. Uh, Lee might be in for a, a tough afternoon over there as the Subiaco skipper <laughs> because uh, Fife's return, uh, we wish him well, don't we, and, I'm sure it'll just be the one and done for him at, at, at second tier level. You learn a lot about the opposition skipper on days like this. <laughs> does the does the skipper put his hand up and say, "I'll take five? or does he say, "Hang on, <laughs> you take five. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think was in the secrecy around uh, Longmuir's not revealing where he's going to play? I mean, we're, we're all going to find out what position he's going to play. So he was asked during the week, yeah, where's he going yeah. to play? And he said, I'd prefer to you know, keep that information to myself. Well, he, he, why, yeah, why would that be the case? He said it was a role that would that would um, that best prepare him for the rigours of, of, of senior football words to that effect. I'm not sure. It's a curious one. Out. That, well, yeah. that his teammates knew he was playing in the in the waffle for a long time, Kingy, because I've been putting the burly footballs in his in his locker <laughs> <laughs> for him to find during <laughs> the week. What will he do? What will he do, Jerry? Give us, give us your... Um, Forecast on sixty minutes of footy from five. What does he? What does he finish with? Ah, uh, he'll. Do you, do you want to know what I really think? He'll be 
Winks trialling. He'll sit third last and run past three on the way home <laughs> and come fourth. What's so that? Black Cavalier used to win all of her trials. Right. That's not five for mine. He'll be Winks. He'll just do enough to feel good about it. And he would try to provide Peel with a little something. But he doesn't belong to Peel, does he? He doesn't really owe that setup anything. Uh, and it's more where he plays when he puts the purple back on that I'm most interested yeah. in. Yeah, I, I, I think you've under, undersold the killer in him. You, you crank these guys up in any competitive form and put them out there, and it's life and death. They don't have a second gear. They've got, they got one speed, they're flat out. He, he is, when the ball is in the area, his area, as good as anyone. Like he, he wants it as much as Clayton Oliver wants it. So they're probably the two that stand out for me. When the ball's in a five-meter radius, they just get it, and Dangerfield's probably there as well. He's still, so whether that, still scarred. Yeah. Kane's still scarred. Yeah, oh, he, 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 he destroyed me one day. <laughs> he ended me. And <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did. He did. <laughs> and it was in a, with an attitude that was just like just so dismissive. So was... <laughs> <laughs> he might do that today to some I, poor bugger. Well, what a weapon for the for Freo as well yeah. coming home. I, I think it's a oh. danger game for them. Clearly against Brisbane, um, but. To have the luxury of where we're going to play him uh, in a fortnight or so's time will be really interesting to see how they play it. So his, uh, we, we will talk more about the matchup tomorrow shortly, but his reintegration is really interesting. It is. As, and uh, again, I'll, I'll start, Nathan Jones said to us last night is he probably has been the driver behind the scenes around this total Fremantle buy-in. So I think there's the temptation to go, will he buy in the same way they've all been buying that we've been watching for 11 weeks? And I thought Nathan made a really good point. Well, what if he's been the key driver behind it? I think we, mm. we're too dismissive with this stuff. Like, seriously, do you, do you think for one minute that Nathan Fife won't come back in and do everything within his capabilities to ensure they win? Like, you put him in that midfield. They are a better midfield. I don't, I don't care if he's not as defensively sound as some of them. The system sorts out the star, okay? We've, we've showed the Petrarca... Lee Montagna showed the Petrarca and Neil Bourne vision last week. We've ha- we've seen players do it for Martin, Lambert. We've seen players do it for Fife in the past. You put Fife in that midfield, they're a better package mm. twofold straight away. So is that where you're playing him, off this preparation? Yeah. Uh, so you are playing in midfield? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know? Yeah, um, no, I'd be more. Uh, he'll have spurts in the midfield, but I'd, I don't think love their forward line in terms of their key targets and I think he can provide that target. I do like their small. So I'd yeah, I think he's more 50-50, 60-40 forward mid. Can someone point out a game to me where Fife's gone forward and done what everyone tells me he's going to do? <laughs> mm. Just can you tell me when he's actually been that player? He's not a great kick for goal. I think he's had opportunities That's not to, a great starting point. No, it? it's, it's not. But he's not the only star player that's an ordinary no, kick. But, but he's a star midfielder. He's a Brownlow-level midfielder. Yeah, but he hasn't you played. Play. He hasn't, he's had significant issues. Like He spoke earlier on in the year that he might not ever get back this year. Like He cited Jack Gunston with the back. So it's, I don't think it's Fife at full fitness no, that we're looking at here. So, so how will he – if it, not at full fitness, how will he do it with a defender standing right behind him Key post defender side. Well, you got to you got to play him because he's five. I, I, Where I is he you best play, suited? As a midfielder, he understands the craft. He he knows where he can get in and out of trouble without paying maximum cost. I, I think that he's uh, he's a, he's a crank and roll midfielder, plug and play, let him go, and and he'll just win clearance after clearance as he's always done. I want to talk about the Adelaide Oval and the match that we're about to see there with West Coast as quickly, mm, Jared, yeah. and where this might lead for Adam Simpson and Co. So. Are they better? Are they as good a 
good a position to win this game as they have been for some time. So they've made just the one change, right? So well, they're, they're liking the wet, Sammy. Well, well, what, is it boring oh, is over that, there, is it? It's about as ugly a day as you can oh, get. Oh, really? I reckon. Well, yeah. that's a setback for what I was about to say. They've won nine of their last 12 at the Adelaide Oval. They've won their past five against the Crows. Yet if they get smashed today... I mean, I know they're saying all the right things over there, but it's another it's another nail, isn't it? It's another nail for Adam Simpson and, and his uh, and his message and his ability to get it through to their group. I, I'm not sure if the list of excuses are there today like they have been. Yeah, so I've I've tiptoed down this path before and it hasn't panned <laughs> out, so I'm I'm not doing it at all. But you you wouldn't want to get <laughs> smashed by the Crows in Adelaide. Well, you wouldn't. But Matthew Nix would want to make sure that his team switched yeah, on as well. Yeah. Like well. <laughs> they've flown under the radar a little bit with where they're at three years into a rebuild and three wins for the season. I think so. this is perfect for the West Coast. When yeah. you're an ordinary team, you want everything that strips the game back to effort. Everything that takes away all form of brilliance, all 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 resemblance of uh, of form, everything. Today's an honest footy day. And who's tougher and who's smarter? Have they been an honest footy team in recent times? Haven't been that for a while, Jared. So I'm happy to be proven wrong on that. But you've got some games on your calendar you can win, and some some and there's not many on the calendar yeah. for the Eagles. Mm. This is one absolutely a game based on effort. I'd be saying they'll get a response today. Whether that gives them winning form, I'm not sure. So but it won't be a big margin, I don't think. Just a bit more on the conditions there, Kane. Absolutely. Oh. Give us your chain bun, can you? Well, when I when I punched out my fourteen k's this morning, it was quite windy. It was quite windy. Oh, I just saw the great. I just saw the great, saw the great uh, Phil Matera as I went and got a coffee, um, oh. and he's in town as well. Spoke, of course, been a really tough week for, yeah. for the family with Peter, but um, fortunately things are, are looking good there. So, a couple of old legends in the house, but just just blowing a gale. When you say um, a couple, you mean you and him? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> sheets of sheets of rain okay. coming through at stage. He didn't do, Phil didn't do 14 this morning. <laughs> Phil would be him. handy out there today. It's his type of conditions, let me tell you. Kane tagged him for about five minutes. <laughs> All right. The battle for second. We'll get to that in a moment's time. Fremantle and Brisbane, which is the most important game left in this round. We're gearing up for all the action today for Dometic. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go collection. Just pack, stack and go. needs a rever for Harley Heaven. The Harley Davidson Pan America is coming to Harley Heaven in Melbourne, Dandenong and Ringwood. Visit harleyheaven.com.au for details. The rev up for Harley Heaven, the home of Harley Davidson. So you've made the point, Kingy, throughout the season thus far that second place means so much and Fremantle and the Brisbane Lions are going to have the duel for second place tomorrow so it's a result that might have profound ramifications once we hit september well you look at the we, what we think are the big three at the moment melbourne brisbane Fremantle. whoever finishes third is going to have to travel a long way for the first week of the finals and then wrap around if they have success in the second week to a, a long way in the third week of the finals in my opinion if they're the top three you're not winning it from third you've basically got to play at least two grand finals I don't think you're winning it from third. If, you're free, if Fremantle have to come to Melbourne to beat Melbourne mm. and then go back home, play a game, and then go to Brisbane to beat Brisbane, not happening. So they've got to win this game to, uh, to bridge the gap, to make it all square, rather than a two-game separation between 
a trip to Queensland. It's the I mean, it's the most perfect game at the perfect time. Step forward, number one contender. If Fremantle take Melbourne and Brisbane in consecutive weeks, if Brisbane go over there and and win, and the ramifications of that, it's like the setup. It couldn't be more perfect. No, it's one hundred percent right. So. How do you see it, Kane? Look, we talk a lot about about offense versus defense. I mean, Brisbane's defense is their ability to stop the opposition is is world class. Um, but there's not a lot else in their game. We saw some clearance work last week in the third quarter that just went whoosh, and they dominated the demons. Mm. Is that is, is it fair to just say it's it's the Brisbane attack versus the Dockers' defense? Probably. I and Brisbane have. Just been, I mean, the way that they started that game, like so, they've been a bit like Sydney with more talent, I reckon. The, the, what, what Brisbane is the way that you would describe them, up and down, large periods of games where the opposition have just piled on goals. So that that I sort of look at that a bit more optimistically than others may. I think you can, if you just tighten up those areas where they've been far too easy to transition the ball against and score against. I just don't see how Fremantle are going to pose a threat offensively to Brisbane if they can tighten up those areas I just it'd be one of the great wins of the season if Fremantle beat Brisbane because I've got both their lineups in front great of me wins this, I think they're favourites yeah, to win the game they, they are home. but I, that's what I think it's, they've just been he's been probably for me one of the, the coach of the year for what he's got at his disposal and at times there's been no Tabiner in that lineup. so who's going to kick their goals I, I don't know I, they, they what they've and a fortnight ago they did lose a couple of pretty poor games I know they were terrific against Melbourne but I just I see this one as Brisbane all over. Like, I've never been more confident this oh. year about a, about a game that's a 50-50 oh, no. game. That's a 50-50 game. And I'm, I'm, I don't do this often, Jared. <laughs> but I just think Brisbane win. I just oh, think they win this one. See, oh. this is a proper rev-up. Oh, dear. Yeah, I just I think they do. Like, oh. who's... Collier, Tucker. I mean, who's going to... Schultz. I mean, I only kicked four last week, but come on. They should not be losing this game, Brisbane, can, is what I'm saying. Can I give you a rev-up? Go. When coaches make... Close-ended statements, they cannot go wrong. So when at the start of the season David Noble says, judge us against like types, <laughs> like types is a game like today. Well, Having been beaten by like definitely. types this year, being beaten by Hawthorne and um, being beaten by uh, who else will consider like types at the start of the year. I mean, you name them, they've only beaten the West Coast. So a like type battle... Those words, those words ring in my ears. Oh, if only we could get Bud Tingrell to say, like, he's on just terms, <laughs> like types. So, all right, so you're doing this game. Yeah. How will you judge North Melbourne? Well, they, they've, got to pl- they've got to set this game up to give themselves a chance of winning, and I don't believe they've been doing that. And the lack of forward half targets, uh, you can't have three players against Nick Larky all day. You can't orchestrate a loose man for the opposition or to, just to get one yourself. You're not holding up defensively. It's not working. It, you can't have seven forward half turnovers in a game when the AFL average is 23. And that's not even talking about the good teams. That's the AFL average. They've had seven the last two weeks. That's not giving yourself a chance. So this, to me, is about the coach saying, we're playing a like type and this is how we win the game. That's what I want to see. They may not win the game, but do not set the game up to minimise damage. Mm. And let's get some of your players who have now played between 50 and 100 games to start to impact. Like Taron Thomas, is a piece on him in the paper today. Davies Uniac, you know, he's just got everything you need as a player. Just needs to be touching the ball more than 17 times and 12 for Taron Thomas. So 
we need to see some more improvement for that core group of not not the not the young ones, you know, not Jason or Francis, not necessarily Tom Power, but Nick Larkey you speak of. Um, Jed Anderson I thought was was good last week and took a step forward, but Davies Uniac and Taron Thomas give me more than twelve and seventeen touches today. You know, I said West Coast are pretty well settled off the, off the back of last week, and you know I'd run out of excuses. Well, Jeremy McGovern's out with a back injury. Right? <laughs> that's the the late Spasm. change. That's Spasm. that's a setback. Yeah, so he'd be no good for the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Replaced by Luke Foley. Uh, no change at the Crows. Harry Schoenberg is the sub. Paddy Nash the sub for West Coast. Traded just came for, up a first round. Traded pick for, for a lemon. <laughs> I'd, I'd tell you what. I'd take McGovern with a spasm before Durden. There you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, the spasm what, what, will come good. Well, that's well, that's true. That is mean. <laughs> Turn your daily commute. <laughs> With me, or you're not to a daily thrill seeking adventure <laughs> at Harley Heaven, Melbourne, Ringwood, and Dandenong. I think Hawthorne should get a little rev up too. Oh, hang on, where are we going? We, here? we gave him a, I think they get a mulligan uh-huh. for last week, to be honest. A mulligan, yep, total mulligan. Why didn't yep. get on the plane, didn't travel, heads weren't in the game. Oh. Now they play Collingwood, a like type, like type, yep, good. Um, two new I like coaches, it. I like it. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I must mm. say. Yeah, yeah, I I don't hold the same faith for the well, Hawks this week. I think Collingwood are playing some serious footy. Mm. Their, their counterpunch is so brilliant um, that they're going to struggle to stop it. Should be an attractive game, Jared, because the Hawthorne, when they're up and about, they play the counterpunch style as well as anyone. All right, we're going to take a little dabble on crunch time. Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, Josh Jean joins us. Josh, I hear congratulations are in order. The set of jeans has grown. Number two, so uh, very exciting times ahead, which is a very busy household ahead, I think. So uh, let's talk about Dabble, of course. Uh, Semi, I know the... AFL Crunch Time team doing very well, growing in the followers from all the good work that you're doing. But how do you like the uh, state of origin? Do you fancy it? Oh, I'm not sure if you've got the right show here, Josh. Oh, you've got to love different codes sometimes, Sammy. You know, that's the good thing about I mean, it's a spectacle of sport. You're a sports fan, aren't you? Oh, I am, yeah. Who, who do we <laughs> like? Uh, I'm a Maroons man, but uh, I think people will be uh, favouring the Blues. But, of course, that's the good thing about Dabble. You don't need to know anything about any other sports. You can just copy people's bets with one click, which is great. So... Check out through the app. But let's get to your bet for the day. Uh, you've gone the Crows 25 plus, the Suns 40 plus, and the Dees to bounce back. What do you like there? No, I like that. We've, you're a friend of the program. I think the Crows are going to win by 50, so we've been generous there, to be honest. Gold Coast will continue the pain for North and the Ds. Well, they're not going to lose two in a row, are they? Oh, let's hope not. Otherwise, your producer Ben will have a heart attack, I think. Uh, what's, uh, what's Dermy liking? Okay, Dermy in front of the sticks. He's gone Tex Walker, three-plus goals against the Eagles. Bailey Fritch, three-plus goals against the Swans. Luke Bruce, two-plus goals against the Pies. And then when it comes to the, the results, he's gone the Crows, 40-plus over West Coast, Derm has. And the Ds to win, 40-plus over the Swans. And he's taking the Hawks head-to-head. Oh, wow. Good on him. Uh, that's uh, obviously a bit of bias there, but that's all right. We love him anyway. Uh, of course, you can copy those bets very simply. Just download the Dabble app. Uh, follow Dermy23, follow the Crunch Time AFL team, click the copy button and uh, go on, have a double, double socially and gamble responsibly. Thanks, Demi. Enjoying Crunch Time banter, check out Dabble banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble, gamble responsibly, 1-800-858-858. I'm telling you now, mate, if that goes to Twitter and they don't put your <laughs> bit on there saying, whilst that's true, it's harsh. Some things are just left, best left on air. I think it was mean, not harsh. Kane, um, safe travels. Uh, good on you guys. See you soon. Kingy, I really look forward to listening to you a bit later today. 
Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Sammy, I'll be watching. Thank Good on you, Jared. This Good has boys. been crunch time for South Australia Tourism Rewards Wonder. Visit SouthAustralia.com. Good luck tomorrow morning. Punch on. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.